if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 22. I've got quite a bit I want to read here tonight to to really get uh, a good idea of where I want to go with it. So bear with me as we read the Scripture tonight, but... Uh, we're going to start in chapter. I'm in verse one of chapter twenty-two, Genesis chapter twenty-two, verse one. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. For a burnt offering. So they went both of them together, and they came to the place where God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his thorns, by his horns. And Abraham <clears throat> went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of, of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the, the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now, that being said, <laughs> I want to look at a few different things in here. I titled the message, The Things You Love. Now what I'm... What I'm Really want to focus on tonight is, is sometimes we have to kind of give up the things we love for God. You know, that, that doesn't sound very appealing to most people. But I want you to, 
to stay with me and, and listen to what I believe God would have us here tonight. Uh, the first thing I want to mention to you is that the the name Isaac means laughter. So you could almost think of it in terms of that Isaac was the joy of Abraham. It was the he was the son that that he really loved. You know, not that he didn't love Ishmael, but but God didn't look upon Ishmael as as Abraham's true son. He looked upon Isaac as the true son. He was the son of promise, as he's often referred to, because he is the son that God promised to Abraham and Sarah when uh, they were both, you know, very old. I think Abraham was a hundred years old when when God promised Isaac to Abraham. So he was the son of promise. He was the joy that he had. And this is the very thing that God demanded of Abraham. <clears throat> now I want you to notice that all through this Scripture that we just read, at no point do you see evidence of, of wavering faith. I want you to see that all through this, even though God had required so much of Abraham, He asked him to give up so much. Not only did He ask him to give up His only Son, He asked Him to offer Him as a sacrifice. I can't even imagine the kind of things that were going through Abraham's mind. And I want you to also understand that he had three long days for this thing to run around in his mind and for him to, you know, I'm sure probably the, the carnal, natural side of him was, was thinking of all kinds of things. He probably even thought, well, maybe I didn't even hear this from God. Maybe I'm making this up. Am I really sure this is what God's wanting me to do? I'm sure there was a part of him that was trying to somehow justify how he could get out of this. But I want you to see that through all of that, no matter what it was that that uh, he was going to have to do, his faith was still strong. Because listen, he knew what God had promised him. He knew not only that God had promised him a son. Listen, there's plenty of people that that receive children from God but lose them. It wasn't just that God had promised him a son, but it's what was to come from that son. The promise was that, that, that Abraham was going to be the father of many nations. It was promised that, and I don't know exactly to what extent Abraham knew all of this, but that is the lineage through which Christ came. So there was a, a whole lot riding on Isaac. But I want you to see that through all these things, Abraham's faith didn't waver. Look at verse 5. Abraham said unto his young men, Abide you here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. And what did he say? And come again to you. He, they hadn't even left yet, and he's saying... He's coming back with me. That's faith. <clears throat> Verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide Himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went both of them together. He wasn't just telling this to Isaac to, 
to keep him calm down. He fully believed that this thing he was about to have to give up, God was going to replace it. God was going to provide a way. You know, I've talked to you many times before about where our provision comes from. And you know who you place your trust and hope and faith in. Is it your employer? Or is it God? Abraham had fully placed his trust in God. Abraham knew the promises of God. Listen, when you know the promises of God, it's a whole lot easier to have faith in God. Because when you know what the Word says, when you know what God has told you, if you know who God is, you know you can believe in that. So it's a whole lot easier to give up something that you love and that you enjoy and that you care about. Look at yourself tonight. What's the one thing you enjoy? What do you really love? I'm not just talking about things you like to do. Sometimes it might be some things you like to do. But you know, I think all of us have or may have had at some point in our life something in our life that was very important to us that God may ask us to give up. And why does He do that? You know, there's there's a lot of different reasons. Sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes it may be because um, it's hindering our relationship with God. Sometimes it might be because He's testing us like He was doing Abraham here. And sometimes it could be because He wants to take us into a closer relationship with Him. And, and this one thing is even though it may kind of be good, it may not be a bad thing, but if we give it up, God is going to replace it with something else that's even better. Now, I've seen this before. That You know, the, we think we may have the very thing we need. We, we think we have everything under control and everything is just rolling along good. But listen, the Word tells us God's ways are higher than our ways. And the thing we think is the best we could ever imagine, He's got something better in store for us. But we can't get that until we're willing to give up something. Until we're willing to let go of the thing we think is the best thing for us, we can't get to the, the really good. You know, I, I know this seems kind of... It seems kind of out there, kind of hard to understand maybe. But I think God has, has a reason for sharing this with us tonight. You know, some of you may even be sitting here thinking, well, I really like this thing, how can I give it up? And I don't even know who I'm preaching to tonight. I know there's a reason for this message though. But I've had things in my life before that, and I can think on things on both sides, things that weren't necessarily good, but they were in the way. 
Because I had put too much of a priority on them. Because I allowed that thing to take a, a place in my life that needed to be God's place. Thing, you know, like I said, it may not necessarily be a, a sin within itself, but when you elevate it to the status that uh, you have spent all your time doing nothing but that, it becomes a sin. You know, the one of the commandments is, Thou shalt have no other God before Me. And I think a lot of times we, we try to elevate these worldly things into a place of being God sometimes. Because we put so much emphasis on them in our life. We, we uh, spend so much time trying to, to make them better. Let me, think, let me see if I can come up with an example. You know, I don't think there's too many deer hunters here tonight, so we'll, we'll pick on them for a little bit. You know, when somebody's going to be a, a good hunter, and I can't really speak to a whole lot of details because I'm not much of a hunter, but they spend a whole lot of time preparing. And they spend a whole lot of money sometimes. Sometimes you've got people that just go take their gun and get out there and hunt, but you get some people that are just fanatics about it. And they will they will spend thousands of dollars buying all kinds of equipment and and guns and and uh, deer feeders and and all kinds of stuff just so they can shoot this deer. Everything you can imagine. I even saw kind of a little joke one time where the guy was trying to justify spending all this money by saying that he was just providing the very best for his family. And he had calculated out how much deer meat was a pound based on everything he had to buy to get the deer meat. And it was, it was pretty humorous. But the point is, is that for those kind of people, they have put that thing on such a pedestal, it's so important to them, their life revolves around deer season. They spend the rest of the year preparing for deer season. Hunting's not wrong. That's not a sin. It's not wrong for somebody to enjoy deer hunting or fishing or watching TV or computers or any of those things. Those aren't wrong. But when you put it in such a place that it interrupts your relationship with God, it becomes wrong. And you know, I've had God... Make me give up some things before. But you know, the thing He gives me in return is far better. I thought this was the thing I wanted. I thought this thing, whatever it may be, deer hunting, I thought that was where I could find my peace and relaxation and rest or, or whatever thing it was for you. You thought that was it. But when you sacrifice it, you give it up to God and you say, God, look, I really like doing this, but I'm going to give it to you. Take it. You use me how you want to use me now. He's going to give you something better. 
The Scripture tells us that every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. So, when we're struggling with how how we're going to give that up, you say, God, look, this is... This is the only thing I got. This this is this is the only thing I enjoy doing. He's gonna tell you, look, don't you think I got something better? You may think that's all there is. You may think that's all you enjoy doing, but I promise you he's got something better for you on the other side. You know, like I said, he could just be testing us just like he was Abraham here. God had no intention of Abraham sacrificing Isaac. But he wanted to see where does Abraham's real joy lie. Now Abraham passed his test with flying colors. I don't know how much turmoil he went through to make this decision to finally do it, but According to the scripture we just read, he didn't hesitate much. He got up the next morning and began preparing for the trip, didn't he? I don't know what kind of emotional crisis he had, but I know what the scripture says. The scripture says, from what we read, that he had unwavering faith. It tells me a little something about Abraham. There's a reason why he's called the father of faith, why why he's such an example, even over in Hebrews they talk about Abraham. It's not just because he was the father of Isaac, it's because he was a shining example to us that even though he loved his son, he placed all of his hope in in God. He, he, He found another place that he could find joy. He knew that his... The, the little happiness and joy that he had from his son didn't even come from his son. It came from the provider of his son. And that's why, that's not the only, the only reason he didn't call that place Jehovah Driver wasn't because of the ram. That was part of it. But he called it that because the Lord had provided everything for him. He knew that that was his source. And that if God was going to take some part of it away, He knew that there was way more waiting on Him. He knew what the promises were, and He was standing on those promises. So we need to do that in our own life. We need to look and examine. And see, is there something we're putting in place of God? Is there something that we're placing all of our hope and trust in that's not God? Is there some part of our life that we think is where our happiness comes from that's not God? You know, I think God would have us to look at ourselves pretty regular. Like I said, there ain't nothing wrong with these things. It's, it's how much importance we place on them. It's where we put them in our life. You know, there's a lot of things I like to do, and there has been many times that I've done them too much. You know, just like somebody can go drink in excess, become drunk, you can do anything too much. 
One of my biggest weaknesses has always been computers and video games. I just have the kind of personality that when I get into one, it's real easy for me to just waste hour upon hour upon hour sitting there. Before you know it, five hours has went by and, and I don't have anything to show for it. Other than I got to the next level on the game. But you know, there is a way that God has about working with you. And when you give something away to Him, a lot of times He'll give it back to you when He knows you're capable of handling it. Now I have to watch myself pretty pretty seriously because I know I have a weakness there. But now I can, I can do those kind of things and enjoy them and not let it get in the way of my relationship with God. Now that doesn't mean that next week I won't get out there and mess up. And before I know it, it's, it's past time to go to bed and I hadn't even read my Bible tonight. But overall, God has taught me a lesson. God has showed me that, that I need to make sure my joy is found in Him, not in these little temporary material things. 